Hey, welcome to Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne. Known on the show is uh, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, known on the show as Jordan Morris, boy detective. Welcome, if this is your first episode of Jordan, Jesse Go. It's Max Fun Block Party Time. That means that we are sharing episodes of the show uh, that we're particularly proud of that uh, also aren't dense webs of references that will alienate new listeners. So if you're one of those new listeners, welcome on. Uh, if you're a continuing listener, well, I'm going to be honest, it's not that much different. You know, we didn't change that much. <laughs> Probably talked about Wario one less time. Uh, yeah, we're having a ton of fun uh, this week and next week on the Max Fun Block Party. Uh, there's games, recommendations, a volunteer event, a limited edition poster, and more. Uh, you can find out all about this stuff at MaximumFun.org slash Block Party. And uh, Jesse, in the spirit of things, do you have a, a Max Fun show you want to recommend people check out uh, while they're checking out new shows? Yeah, speaking of dense webs of references, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Max Fun show is uh, The Beef and Dairy Network, which is a comedy show uh, that takes the form of a news podcast for people in the beef and dairy industries, particularly in the United Kingdom. Um, it is an extraordinary world unto itself. And uh, Ben Partridge, the host, is so brilliantly funny, brings so many amazingly funny people onto the show. Uh, fans of Jordan Jesse Go might like checking out the Andy Daly or, uh, uh, episode or, or maybe the Nick Offerman episode. Um, Andy Daly was a hamburger, <laughs> a guy who was bringing his hamburger chain, uh, to the UK and, uh, the hamburgers were made of a lot of different kinds of meat. Um, but there's also an episode this week up that's, uh, you know, that's reference free. So if you want to see if it's for you before you start learning about the, the world of the beef and dairy network, which is incredibly rich, um, I recommend checking out beef and dairy this week what about you jordan uh i'm a huge fan of the max fun comedy quiz show uh go fact yourself that is hosted by the hilarious helen hong and j keith van stratton uh really funny comedy quiz show um where they get uh cool comedians uh actors people from all across the entertainment spectrum and they quiz them uh about something that they are passionate about and then they have kind of cool uh, experts come on and surprise the guests. It is uh, a ton of fun. Uh, Helen and Jay Keith are obviously a really funny comedy pair. And uh, yeah, it's just a great show. Always a delight. Uh, go fact yourself. One of my faves. There's all kinds of block party stuff happening. You can find it at MaximumFun.org slash block party. Uh, and if you want to recommend Jordan Jesse go to a friend, we are always very grateful for that. This is a great episode to recommend with a great guest. So let's get into it. Give a little time for the child within you Don't be afraid to be young and free Undo the locks and throw away the keys And take off your shoes and socks and run you It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, it's an overstatement to call me a hero, I think. The real heroes... Jesse, I yeah. agree that it's an overstatement. <laughs> I think... I agree with you. I agree with the premise going into this. Probably the real heroes would be, uh, I guess, nurses. Yeah, let's say let's let's just rattle them off here. Who are the heroes? Nurses, nurses first responders, gorillas single, who know sign language, single parents, um, uh, dolphins who can point 
to shapes when you ask them to point to a particular shape? <laughs> oh, sh- well, if, if we're going down animal heroes, painting elephants. Yeah, painting Who's elephants. more heroic than an elephant who transcends his species to express himself or herself or their self through painting? Yeah, so I think that's probably about the top six types of hero. Yeah, and a lot we're... of people would lump me in with that group, but I think that's probably an overstatement to call mm-hmm. me a, a hero. Um, but I did... I don't think there's anything, there's any other way to describe what I did today that doesn't include at least the word heroic. Right. I have a shed, Jordan. Let's get into it. Yeah, so. I have a shed. Now, a lot of people have a shed, um, but a lot of their sheds probably have a traditional shed odor. It's like a musty odor. You know what I mean? Just a, a little. shed smell. That's yeah, what just, I asked for at the car wash. They're like, <laughs> what do you want? Do you want clean linen? Yeah. Do you want pine? Yeah. Or do you want old shed? Yeah. And you're like, can you give me one of those in a cherry, please? Mm-hmm. I want a shed where someone spilled a cordial. Oh, I hadn't even thought about asking them to mix up the smells at the car wash. You could do like a, you could do like a car wash scent suicide. You could do like, yeah. you know, like when you're a kid and there's the self-serve soda machine and you do like... Little Coke, little Sprite, little little DP, yeah, little root beer. Mm-hmm. You could do. You could if if you. I bet if you slip the car guy, the car wash guy, an extra couple of bucks, they'll just like pine tropical new car. They'll just give you a. They'll just give you a scent abomination. I bet you could just look him in the eyes and just say to him, "I love this stuff. I Can I have it. a few?" Yeah. So I'd say surprise me. Just I bet they don't get asked to riff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you go to a fancy cocktail bar yeah. and, you know, you can just ask the bartender to riff. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I like, you know, I like tequila. Uh, you know, I like herbal notes. I want something up. Yeah. And then you just let them riff. Yeah. I bet you the car wash scent guy would love that opportunity. People just yeah. telling them what to do all day, like, mm-hmm. Give me the it wax my undercarriage. Oh, wax my undercarriage. Ooh, how much are these funny greeting cards? How much are they? Yeah. And then like you can just say, go nuts, do what you express yourself like a painting elephant. Dream your dream. Dream your dream. Yeah, just wow. don't get it on the rocks. I'm gonna do that. I have to get a car wash today. I'm just gonna tell the dude to riff and then see what comes out. My shed was recently constructed. Some shed men came. Mm-hmm. Shed construction is an extraordinary business. This Team is, shed. Yeah, this, this lies beside our point, but just three men came to my house and built an entire shed that looks like a house in four hours. I don't know how they did it. You know, a lot of people consider shed men the seventh hero. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they call shed men the seventh hero. <laughs> so this shed is relatively new. It's only been there a few months. Mm-hmm. But Jordan, I had a concern, and the concern was that instead of that fresh, woody must of, you know, uh, old, uh, like, un- unwanted school textbooks and yeah. things your mom sent you from your childhood room, uh, traditional shed contents, maybe a can yeah. of WD-40 adding a little sweetness... There was what can only be described as a smell of death. Now, I presumed, Jordan. Yes. I presumed it was a dead possum because 
not because I bear any malice towards possums, but just if something's going to be dead under your shed, it seems like it'd probably be a possum. Right, because they're known for playing dead, so you think that one just got kind of carried away. Yeah, exactly. You start playing dead, and then next thing you know, ah, shit, I actually died. Fuck. I flew too close to the sun (laughs) on wings of wax. (laughs) The the other reason I thought maybe it was a possum, and the, the way this situation spun out in my head, is that the handyman had been over, And the electrician had told me that he had a shed like my shed in his backyard. And the electrician lives down the street from me. He had a shed like my shed in his backyard. And animals kept making their home underneath. So he said, before animals make their home underneath, put some two-by-fours at the base of your shed to close in. You know, it's got one of those things where it's, it's up off the ground three or four inches. He said, close that in so nobody, so no, you don't get one of those rat kings in there. And I said, that wasn't the example he gave, but uh, he probably said possum. Sure. But you, you're worried that, <laughs> you're worried that Dungeons and Dragons enemies will start yes. making homes. So you're worried about bugbears. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Observers. Bugbear <laughs> bug was the only cubes. Dungeons and Dragons bad guy I could think of. Um, bugbear's the, the quintessential, I think, Dungeons and Dragons enemy. Great. Uh, so I cast Fireball. That's all I got on that front. We're down the road of my yeah. memories of. So I had him put, I had the handyman was over. So I said, hey, can you close up the bottom of the shed so no animals make their home there? And my assumption was, as I went back and forth to the shed over the course of a few weeks, and this rich, sickening aroma filled the shed, I thought, Oh, no. Did I cask of Amontillado a a possum? Right. (laughs) Did I? (laughs) Was there already a possum under there making its home? And I I locked it in there? Right. Just, 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 yeah, just lousy with babies clinging to it. Oh, man. I hope that's not what happened or else I'm going to be bummed. And I'm thinking... What am I going to do about this? I guess I just have to ride it out. I'm not going to... The only other option I could think of was to take one of the edges off and then go in there for the stank using a pool tool or possibly that hook that the Sandman uses at the Apollo. Sure. What about some stank tongs? I don't have any fucking stank tongs! Well, go over to Amazon. I hold on. I got to go to Wirecutter first and find out which are the good ones. Yeah, just don't get the don't get the don't just automatically get the Amazon recommended stank tongs. Yeah, I went in because you can game that system. I went in there to get some wood screws, and I happened to look down, and this is the heroic part. Okay, I see an open, half drunk protein drink, and that was the stank. The stank was so extraordinary. So eye-melting, so sickening. It was almost beyond words. And I picked it up, and I held it as far as I could from me, Mm -hmm. which was not far enough, and brought it to the trash can. And then I realized that if I dropped it in the trash can, my trash can would smell like that forever. Right. So I enlarged the little hole at the top of a trash bag 
You know, it doesn't always close as tight as, you know. Right, yeah. You got a little space there. I put, I while still holding this thing at arms, as far as I could, I enlarged the little hole. And without spilling it, I set the trash bag so it wasn't going to tip over. I squished it down into the hole and then kind of pushed it so the side of the trash bag covered the, the top of the protein drink. And that, friend, is why I am almost a hero. I am a, wow. I am a normal dad, a father of three, who is engaged in a heroic act. That's really beautiful. I'm thinking, oh, I think this is great. I mean, I think I've kind of changed my mind. I mean, up top, I was kind of skeptical, but I'm saying, hey, hey, if there's any shed men listening, go screw because Jesse, you're the seventh hero. Yeah. Our guest on this week's program on Jordan Jesse Go, and what a thrill. What a thrill it is to have this guest. Yeah, for sure. In here. Almost certainly the best guest we've ever had on this program. Sorry, Al Madrigal. Just trying to take Al Madrigal down a peg. <laughs> yeah. That guy's so fucking full of himself. You know who gave me my handyman's phone number? Al Madrigal. That guy's always got a guy. That guy's always got a guy. Our guest on this week's program uh, is a podcast host. She's the host of the fascinating true crime interview program, Small Town Dicks. She cooks on Instagram and YouTube. She plays a character named Lisa on a show called The Simpsons. And of course, she's best known as one of the stars of Herman's Head, Yardley Smith. Yardley, welcome to Jordan <laughs> Jesse Go. What a thrill to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted to be here. That is one of the best introductions I've ever received. I have to say, I don't think there is a single topic we, outside of Wario, which is the evil Mario. I don't think there is a single topic we have spent more time discussing on Jordan Jesse Go than Herman's Head. <laughs> Why is that? I do not know. Hard to say. Hard I to don't say. know, nor do I believe you. Thank you. It's all too true, Yardley. All too true. It's one of those things where you just like you just need a pull for a like TV show from your childhood, and for whatever reason that became Herman's Head. And yeah, and it's just so like once in a while it's Drexel's class. Once in a while, if we feel like, why not Parker Lewis can't lose, which was designed for people our age at the Don't time. Know. Don't know. I will say it has a, a, an avid cult following because we were only on for three seasons. So we were never in syndication because, of course, the magic number is 100 episodes, which is five seasons. Uh, we never made that benchmark. So people who saw it and loved it, really love it and are always asking for some sort of reunion, which I don't think will ever happen, sadly. God, I, you know, with the rise of streaming services, I think the time is ripe for the Herman's Head reunion. Come on, Peacock. Uh, <laughs> Come on, HBO Max. Come on. I think given the numbers the Friends thing did, I think we can do half of that with Herman's Head, right? I, I do. I, and also, if I mean, to be perfectly frank, I think all of those streaming services are desperate for content because... <laughs> so remember when they used to put something on and you could just binge the whole series in a weekend? And then they got smart, like, oh, shit, we don't have enough content to, for that to keep happening. So now they meet out the episodes one week at a time, just like regular networking. Like, well, excuse me, I paid for a subscription. Can I binge it all at once? And you're like, no, no, you cannot. No, mm -mm. sorry. <laughs> That's not how we do things it's anymore. It's self-preservation. Need... You may not do yeah. that. Would love to spend an entire weekend watching Herman's head sleeping six hours at night <laughs> just 
cranking energy drinks down my gullet, <laughs> getting more and more confused. I'd sit there on the sofa with you, Jesse. Thank you, Audley. I appreciate it. We're so thrilled. We're so thrilled to have you on the program. What a what an exciting opportunity it is. Thank you so much. Um, Yardley, I wanted to ask you about true crime podcasting. Sure. Um, I now I enjoy true crime and I enjoy true crime podcasts, but I feel like there's this kind of m- moment when I realized I've like I've had too much, you know, like I've ingested too much, and the kind of the the, the darkness and the description of the crimes get to me, and I and I and I have to give myself a little break, and. And that's usually good. And then usually I can, you know, uh, ingest some, you know, some some happier material. And then you can kind of go back to true crime. And then, you know, the, the the magic is back. But you need a little break, I find. Or at least I need a little break. As a true crime podcaster, and you have to kind of engage this stuff constantly, is that kind of like, is that darkness something you kind of get immune to? Or do you thrive off of it? How do you kind of handle the like, the the emotional stuff that comes with researching true crime? Um, Well, we actually, because all of the cases on true crime, uh, small town dicks are told by the detectives who investigated them. So Mm. on my side, there isn't a lot of research. I co-host with identical twin detectives, Dan and Dave, and um, (laughs) they vet all of our guests. So I really come to it. I I love their Motown hits of the 60s. I know, right? (laughs) Hold on. I'm killing. Um, and they, it, oh, and good, just for your listeners, we, so we change all of the names of our suspects and our victims with mm-hmm. very, very, very few exceptions. We, and we don't give you the last names of our detectives because a lot of them are still working. And so, um, Dan and Dave just go by Dan and Dave. And what I love about our fan base is that they are, they're, they've been completely swept up in maintaining their anonymity, even though. For all intents and purposes, you could probably Google them and, and it wouldn't be too deep a dive to find out who they really are in real life. But um, Yardley, there are a lot. Don't there are a lot of identical twin detectives sure, out there who have true crime. Uh, they podcasts. each have a yeah, they each have their own <laughs> special crime detecting van and a talking animal that rides with them. Oh, a talking animal. I want that so much. Um, yeah, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> it would be so good. Well, maybe you should talk to a certain hero named Coco the Gorilla. <laughs> maybe I should. Just maybe say maybe Coco is all talked out, though. Yeah, yeah. that's your shit. Like, could I just get some alone time? <laughs> She's just signing, hands hurt, hands hurt. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. I'm not one of you. <laughs> not human. <laughs> I'm going to a talking gorilla seance later, so I'll check in with her and see. I wish. Oh, my God. Have you ever been to a seance? I know I haven't answered your question yet, Jordan. I want you to know if you've been to a seance, though. No, I never have. Have you? No, but my daughter has just ordered a Ouija board. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I hear actually a Ouija board, you know, for people who are connected to the world that isn't evident in this sort of three-dimensional world that most of us live in, um, that the Ouija board can be a portal to not goodness, to some real darkness. So just, you know, beware. Yeah, look look out, Jesse. Sort of like a true crime podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, more than that, more than that. Bringing us back on topic here. (laughs) Well well done. Yeah, Jesse, are you concerned that your, your new home will become some sort of hell mouth? 
I'm pretty sure my home is already at least some kind of hell mouth. Right. I mean, given the story about the protein shake. That- oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Was that was that Satan's protein shake? Could be. By the way, what was this protein shake made of? It's like non-dairy. How could it possibly have smelled that bad? That's the weird. The only thing I can think of, of what's, what was in there that made it smell so bad, is possums. <laughs> Ground some- possum. Do you think they make them out of possum squeezins? Right, yeah. <laughs> Real possum protein. So what you're saying know. is non-dairy, but not vegan. No. Yeah, I don't think it's vegan. Possum's I don't think not it's vegan. vegan. Now with more babies, it says. <laughs> it's horrible. Aww. Yardley, so has the darkness overcome Has the darkness overcome your, your heart? That's uh, the question it, here. It sometimes does. I, so I, as I was saying, like, I don't, we don't research the cases in the same way that, say, um, somebody who is doing a deep dive on a really famous serial killer case or uh, whatever the ones that we've heard over and over. I come to them for the first time when we sit down with the guest. Um, I also, I edit on paper. We have two editors, but I do several passes on paper. And it's interesting because for that, because it's rather technical, it just switches to the other side of the brain, which is the analytical side of my brain, right? So I, I can kind of detach from the horror and the emotion. But when I listen through for the last time, I'm never not affected. At the same time, I'm, I watch a lot of true crime and I, and I always did. And I think it's because I like, I want the good guys to win. I really want to know that if somebody, if there's a whole group of people out there who aren't interested in observing the rules that the rest of us observe in order for society to function well. I also want to know there's another group of people that is willing to put that train back on the tracks because otherwise there's just, it's like Mad Max. So, so yeah, so you like, so you get the, you get this kind of true crime shot, but then there's just this like justice chaser, this kind of like the justice kind of soothes Definitely. It makes me feel like, okay, um, there is still goodness in the world. There are still people who are willing to go toward the things that the rest of us are run from, basically. Like people who, I always think of law enforcement, Dan and Dave described it really well, that every time they leave their house, they are very likely going to encounter somebody on their worst day. Now, if that's your job, like where do you put that? Where does that live inside of you in order for you to then be a husband, a father, a partner, a wife, uh, you know, how do you reconcile that with trying to be just a regular person when you're not on duty? And they all say, oh, you know, you just you, you put it in a box. And then if you wait long enough, they'll tell you that the lock on the box isn't that good. Wow. It's wow. pretty intense. It's I've learned so much about it. I feel the same way about protein. Drink. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe they all maybe they all need a shed. Maybe they could put Definitely. it in a shed. Mm-hmm. And you know, like a really good shed though. Put the box in a shed. <laughs> put the shed on Put a the box boat. in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go in there and hose the whole thing down with the WD-40. <laughs> Love that smell. Yeah, that is a nice I'm smell. I'm in on WD-40 nice smell. smell. Sure. That yeah. that's very shed like that smell. That would give it an authenticity that would be like, oh, yeah, shit. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll ask the car washed guy to just spritz the inside with some WD-40. God, that would be nice, wouldn't it? 
make sure he does it under the seats, though, because you don't want that rubbing off on your nice clothes. That's true. Yeah. Yes. That's a good Oily. Point. Yeah. Oily. Ew. That's a good way to ruin some slacks. I usually ask him to rub off on my nice clothes, <laughs> just to be clear. Jesse, now you're asking too much of the, the yeah. fine car wash employees. Yeah, I tip extravagantly. Do you, do you, when you guys get the car wash, do you ask for the scent? I can't do the scent. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, actually. So I'm super sensitive to scent. I don't like, like, if I don't want the scented trash bags i don't want the scented body lotion mm. um i don't like if I, when i go to the hairdresser there's a certain brand that's super perfumey even though it's a, it's a really high-end brand everybody's like hey, I love this baby. like do not put that <laughs> on my head do i just like you can't get rid of it yeah. i don't like it when people yeah. hug me and they have cologne on their neck and it rubs off on my I'm just, I'm really picky about that. So I'm the no scent girl when I go to the car wash. Like I had a brief period where I aspired to be a scent man. Yes. As in cologne? And a, a centaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, bravo. So we, that's what we scent fans call ourselves. <laughs> half, Yardly. half man, half pine tree. We just met, so so you don't know this about me, but I'm a professional fancy lad. And in my capacity as a as a fancy lad, you know, there are sort of like um, there are corollaries. There are sub areas that you're expected to delve into once you have too many neckties. Um, and those are appreciating Japanese scotch. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't drink. So I'm out on that. OK. One. Mm-hmm. One is going to a place where guys smoke cigars together. Okay. Um, and I don't want to die of mouth cancer like Babe Ruth. So is that still a thing? That seems so like it seems so nineties so to a me. Thing. Really? I know. I agree. You imagine that it's oh, that at that place. Just there's only Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> right. Like it's just the two of them hanging out there, and they're like. How come nobody comes here anymore? That was uh, if. Very that, good by the way, that was my impression of. Oh, was that Stallone? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Adrian, yeah. <laughs> I'm Rocky. <laughs> Could have been Santa. Might have been Santa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good Santa. You know what? Must be Santa. Santa Claus. Yeah, in those cigar bar, in those cigar bars, it's, <laughs> it's Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Santa. Exactly. But there is like you know, I mean, you won't be surprised to learn that in the world of fine menswear, there's a lot of people with affluence and a certain cultural distance from you and I, Jordan. Huh. Okay. <laughs> um. People who think about yachts a lot. But do they own them? Whether or not they have a yacht. People who are thinking about yachts who do not have yachts. So that's cigars, right? That's the second thing. And the third thing is cologne. And cologne is by far the nicest of those things. Uh-huh. For my tastes. For my tastes. Like, I'm not going to take a polo anytime soon, but... <laughs> I could learn to like refine my nose. That would be an interesting thing, like s- smell the smells and refine the 
you know, our buddy Mary Roach, regular Jordan Jesse Go friend Mary Roach, wrote a great book uh, that had a whole chapter about people smelling olive oil and olive oil smelling competitions or professions that I think about a lot. People who are super tasters and super smellers who can tell if olive oil is rancid or not better than machines can. Wow. And I was like, I, I could kind of get into that. I would like that. So I bought a cologne. I had never worn cologne in my life. And I bought a cologne that was like a broadly acclaimed one. You know, I smelled a little bit of it on a thing. I didn't go to the store because I, I hate the scent store. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's, an, that's a sales assault that I can't get involved in. <laughs> but I, you know, I ordered it on the internet, this fancy cologne. And I put it on a few times, and I was like, "This, I really love this smell. This is a beautiful smell, wonderful smell. And uh, it took me two months to realize that I got a migraine every single time I put it oh, on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like I get it. To be fair, I get enough migraines overall that it kind of got mixed in with the other ones. But I was like, oh, it seems like literally every time I put this on my body, that's what happens. And I had to just completely get out of... Now I just have a $100 thing of cologne just sitting in my bathroom waiting for someone to rescue it. But my wife, when my wife is in... When Teresa was in law school, she had a professor who had a sensitivity that was such... She had a, a medical condition that led her scent sensitivity to be so great that she essentially... Uh, no pun intended, lived in a bubble outside of work. And when she was lecturing, she was in a regular lecture hall, but the rule was that if you wore even scented deodorant into the lecture hall, you failed the course. Really? Um, Because it could be like catastrophic to her health. Um, And Teresa was like, Teresa was in her classes. She was a great professor and said there were people who forgot or were jerks, went in there with scents on and got sent out angrily and like failed. Like the equivalent, the, the law school equivalent of being sent to the principal. And that is a level of scent sen- sensitivity that I can't even begin to imagine dealing with in day-to-day life. No, that would be such a liability. How do you even go through the world? I know. You know? I mean, clothespin on the nose is the obvious. Sure, but... yeah. Yeah, like a cartoon <laughs> character when a skunk comes in. Sure. Yeah, eventually it would chafe. Yeah. Um, Yardley, when we were talking, I, I knew about your true crime podcast, but I did not know about your cooking show. Yes. I started a cooking show during the pandemic, really just sort of, I needed some dumb entertainment for troubling times. And um, so I started. I'm a, First I'm of a all, good that's cook. our slogan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that is trademarked. Thank you it's very a good much. One. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a good cook. And I had actually, I used to do a thing on Instagram and on Twitter where I did these videos called Simpson Sunday. And I would do little behind the scenes anecdotes and little things. And one day on Simpson Sunday, I decided I would make a recipe that that Homer had made for Bart in one of the very early Tracy Ullman shorts where he made porkified fish nuggets. Where he <laughs> now, hold on. Yardley, just 
just for our listeners, just for our listeners at home, what is The Simpsons? Um, it's a little show. You may or may not have heard of it. It's been on for roughly a hundred years. I've been on the whole Got time. It. I play yeah. a character. It's sort of named... a Gunsmoke type. Thing. Yes. Well, we passed Gunsmoke actually a long time ago, and I play this one. Oh. I play Lisa Simpson. <laughs> She's eight, and every time she has a birthday, she turns eight, and we just don't talk about that. Yardley. <laughs> I just want to thank you for giving us the gift of doing the voice without us having to ask you to do the voice because it would have been really hard to get sure. through 90 minutes of this show without us bothering you like that. When um, really all you wanted was for me to do the voice. You're like, I don't give a fuck about anything sure. else, Yardley. Yeah. So anyway, we're done here. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and uh, David Hayter, who did, who did Solid Snake Unprompted, the two yes. voice acting heroes of this podcast. <laughs> I have to say, I I love that that little girl, that Lisa Simpson. I love her like she is flesh and blood, three dimensional little person um, who I've had the I've had the enormous privilege to get to know over the last thirty plus years. Um, I mean, best character on the best show. You, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the best job. And we kind of, we talked about this a little bit. So the first time we met, actually, we did J. Keith Van Stratton's podcast, uh, Go Fact Yourself. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm about as obsessed with The Simpsons as anyone has ever been with anything. And, like, I, uh, he prepared a Simpsons quiz for me, and you were the kind of surprise guest. And... Um, and yeah, I I said this, but I think it's I think it's it it's worth saying again that like when you grow grew up with The Simpsons, like, and you're kind of a like book kid or a library kid, you just grow up thinking like I'm a Lisa, and you like you identify with it, you yes. know? Like I'm sure people tell you that all the time, but like that was a really strong like identification for me. I feel like it never gets old. I mean, honestly, it's. To have people, complete strangers, first of all, if you go to a place you've never been, a location, and people find out you're Lisa Simpson they and they love the show, they welcome you as though you are an old friend or as though they, and then they tell you how much that show, your character has meant to you. I, I just feel like that is a it's such an unexpected gift, especially since I'm sort of a, I'm, I'm not... I'm, I'm anxious sort of by nature. And so when I go to places I'm not familiar with, uh, I, I can feel, I feel conspicuous and out of place. And so when people are like, oh my God, Lisa Simpson, it is just one of the greatest gifts. And so to hear that something that you do, a character that means as much to me also means that much to you is you can't put a price on that. It is just, yeah. it is, I love that girl. I love her. And when that show is over, um, honestly, I, it'll be like a friend, a dear, dear friend has moved away and she's never coming back. I mean, it really will be hard, I think. Jordan, it's kind of presumptuous of you to say that we're all Lisa. I'm more of a disco stew. <laughs> yeah i mean i guess i yeah i guess i'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast that you were elisa but yeah we could have some disco stews we could have some hans molemans we you, uh, you could have some sideshow bobs we could have some we, we might have a few sideshow bobs in the audience yeah. hey one of my favorite episodes is the episode where elisa and sideshow bob form a friendship oh my god it's so good because they're both fish out of water. Yeah, because they're both kind of like they're both kind of like too smart for Springfield. 
Right. See, that cell there, that's from that episode of Movement. Oh, beautiful. Yardley's in front of a, an array of uh, Simpson cells. Yeah, it's the only room in the house that has any Simpsons stuff in it. And I have floor-to-ceiling Simpson cells that are, when we used to paint, actually, they used to hand paint the cells and they actually painted on cellophane. That's why they're called cells. Um, and then they literally stopped making that material. And so we had to go to computer animation. But interestingly enough, it, it didn't actually speed up the process of animation all that much. It, it infused it with a few benefits. I, I, I think you can, you don't have to redraw the background every time or something, but honestly it wasn't, it didn't go from, Oh, it takes 10 months to animate one episode. Now it takes two. Now it takes nine months. So I, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jordan, when you were on Go Fact Yourself, Go Fact Yourself hosted by our friends, Helen Hong and J. Keith Van Stratton. The premise of it is that they bring on an interview guest, uh, a celebrity like you, Jordan. For instance, me, and, yes. Yeah. Among those of us here on this program, I think we all know that, that you're the big Hollywood star. Um, Thank you. They bring somebody on to talk to them, and uh, then... I do appear briefly in a non-speaking role at the end of the Disney Plus series, Earth to Ned. Yeah. So, this is big <laughs> stuff. I mean... We... In a non-speaking role, but I think I'm very prominent, and I think I do some good facial acting. Jordan, don't undersell your lines... I think maybe just one line as scandal rag uh, editor on uh, what was that? What's that show called? Is it called Scandal? scandal? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's three. Yeah, three lines. I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. three lines on Scandal. Um, if my if my ten cent residual checks are any indication, <laughs> it was three lines. So on that show, you do a little. They do a little general quizzing of you. And then they do quizzing of you about the thing that you are a nerd of, basically. Yeah. And like, like when I, um, and that quizzing is conducted by someone who is a great expert in that thing. Yeah. Like I told Jay Keith, one of the things that I am a nerd of is the San Francisco Giants. And voila, I was surprised by San Francisco Giants play-by-play announcer and baseball Hall of Famer, John Miller. And I was like, wow. my head exploded, right? <laughs> And Yardley was yours for The Simpsons, mm-hmm. Jordan. So she yeah. gave you a Simpsons quiz. Do you remember how he did, Yardley? I think um, Jordan did quite well. I think you you only missed one, and or maybe you missed two, but you... I didn't write the quiz, but you were dialed in. You, you clearly oh, you. knew the show. You clearly loved the show. Um, and I'll, I'll just say as a PS, I was I did a quiz on BuzzFeed a couple of years ago, um, back when we could all still meet in person, and it was on camera. They gave me a Simpsons quiz that was so fucking hard. There was no <laughs> world where even our showrunner, Al Jean, who, who has a, an encyclopedic memory of every detail of our show for all 33 seasons, he would have failed that quiz. So I failed it miserably, and I felt like, yeah, but listen to me. Listen to me. That was just, <laughs> that was mean hard. Yeah. Do, what, do, you, do you remember some of the, like, impossible questions? Is it, is it, like, stuff on signs in the yes, background? Yes, it was what stuff it on so signs. Um, it was super obscure characters. So, 
you know, somebody who doesn't know the show might not know who Disco Stew is, but of course I know who Disco Stew is, you know. I even know who the one-eyed baby, the one-eyed, one-eyebrowed baby. Oh, yeah, you know, Maggie's enemy, sure. Yeah, yeah, I think his name is Gerald. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that that baby had a name. So. Yeah, he does. And it's and again, like, it's pretty obscure. We don't, even yeah. in the script, he's referred to as the one-eyebrowed baby. <laughs> um, but at one point he was named, and so it was stuff like that, and it was... Uh, you know, specific lines said by either Lisa Simpson or perhaps another character. I'm like, oh, my Lord. Listen, listen, dude, I love that show. I am so honored and proud to be a part of that show. But I have nine jobs like, if right. you know, The Simpsons <laughs> is a huge part of my life because it takes up a lot of my heart. But in terms of my actual physical time. It doesn't take up that much time for the actors. It's much more labor intensive for the animators and the writers. So I, I just it was I'm like, oh god. Yeah, there's definitely a there's definitely a kind of like culture of Simpsons obsessive that I think I am kind of a part of that like <laughs> rewatches yeah. stuff and you know listens to the commentaries and like yeah, which and, is and- great. Every time I've done a commentary on an episode, we haven't done one in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I learned so much about the show. I loved yeah. doing those. Uh, now, Jordan, I have to say this. So I don't, there are not a lot of types of nerdery that are like impressive to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I respect them, but there's not a lot of things that I could see somebody do and be like, you know, there are like skill-based ones. Like I'd be impressed by somebody who's super good at woodworking, which is kind of a kind of nerdery. <laughs> but like in terms of knowing stuff, not really my thing. And I wish people the best, even things that I really love. But while I am not the same kind of Simpsons fan you are, Jordan, I still, you know, I still believe it to be the best television show. And probably it's the one I've spent the most time watching. I think, and uh, like, you know, I truly love it. And some years ago at Max FunCon East, but I don't have a head for trivia at all. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an, I take a loss at, at trivia every time. Really? I think, I think you're certain zones where you, where you'll crush, right? Maybe. May, uh, yeah. I think I can triangulate yeah, base, baseball, tri- mu- baseball music. I mean, no, yeah. I, I, the, Jay Keith would destroy me at baseball trivia. Okay. Um, <laughs> But uh, our our friends from uh, our Maximum Fun colleagues from around Springfield, Allie and Julia, mm-hmm. uh, who have they did their podcast too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're been great. On their show. Lovely. Uh, uh, some years ago at Max FunCon East, they held a Simpsons trivia bowl, and you know Max FunCon East full of comedy nerds. Like that is the number one demographic represented at Max FunCon is people who really love comedy. You know, these are people who can tell you their favorite ancillary characters from Larry Sanders or whatever. You know, right. they're, you know, their seventh favorite Mr. Show sketch, whatever it is. <laughs> and it was a room of teams. I was on one of the teams. I think I got zero of the questions right. <laughs> uh, and... You know, there was 25 people in the room, six teams. And Jordan, I watched you run the fucking table. Like, yeah, sure. You just, you just put the rest of the people on your team on your back and fucking carried them to victory. 
every single question was you answering and them just looking at you with loving admiration. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's a listen. I you know, I'm listen. I I like to, I like to remain modest, but um, there's a Simpsons trivia concern out here called the Stonecutters. Uh, uh, have you done the Stonecutters? Heck no, God! Anyway. I feel like I shouldn't. If they're all about the granular details of a show I've been on for most of my life. Well, sometimes they have guests who can come on and just regale with stories. I could do that. Yeah, you could regale. I'm sure you could regale. I can regale. I bet you you do a wonderful regaling. You know what? You could probably do the initial gale. Maybe. Instead, not just the regale. (laughs) The primary gale or the post gale. Yes. Uh, And people go and they play in big teams, but I, I go and try and win by myself. That's yeah. incredible, no. and I can. I've done it. I've done it a couple times. Yeah. So. That's it's amazing. Great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I go to I go to events alone, <laughs> <laughs> on purpose. I, I want to be clear, Jordan, that the reason I told that story was because it was so impressive to me, so extraordinary. Because it's not like you're sitting around listing the names of Simpsons things in conversation. We've known each other for twenty years. We've only talked about the Simpsons in the way that anyone would. You know what I mean? Like people who like things, television shows that are good. Uh, but I was like, holy, ca-. it was as though you had just like pulled a, get ready for a, a, what I think is a Dungeons and Dragons thing, Vorpal Blade out of your backpack and oh, just yeah. laid waste to the people I around think, you. I think that's a Narnia sword. Is it? It might be. It was as though you, okay, I'll do a Dungeons and Dragons. It was as though you reached into your backpack and pulled out a talking lion Turkish that's delight. an allegory <laughs> for Christ. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to guess where you were going. But. I should have said Turkish delight. That's the no, other no, thing I, we talk about. The, Yardley, just so you know, the other thing we talk about on this show besides Herman's head is Turkish delights. <laughs> uh, Yardley, do you have, do you have, Jesse and I both, I think we love, we both love like Simpsons merchandise and like yeah. especially the bootleg stuff is really yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you have a piece that you love that's kind of like a, cherished piece or, or are the cells kind of it as far as um, memorabilia goes? Yeah, no, I have actually. Um, so way, way, way back in the beginning, I, I, was, I saw, I feel like I, for some reason I was at a, a little, one of those sort of junky souvenir shops um, that you see on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And I forget. I, I, I must have had, I had an audition. I was killing time, blah, blah. I don't know. But I saw a tiny little, it was like the size of a tie tack. It was a Lisa Simpson's pin flying like Supergirl. She had a little Aww. cape on. Yeah. And um, I, I bought them all. There were probably, I don't know, 15 of them. And then I went to the 20th Century Fox Studios store and said, do you have these? And they said, oh, yeah, we have like 10. And so I bought them all. And then I was like, where can I get more? And they're like, oh, no, that's it. That's all we have. That's oh, it. Wow. And I was like, what? What? That's not wait. These are genius. I mean, first of all, you don't find a lot of Lisa Simpson's merchandise. It's very rare. And these were such a wonderful, these were actually licensed, but they were a wonderful little recreation and really captured the spirit of the character, I felt like, in that flying little uh supergirl pose. So I in frustration because I couldn't get more actually set about doing a run on my own, totally bootleg. Oh, cool. And I had to get like a thousand of them because, of course, as right. the whole run, they're like, we're not going to make you 50, you fill lady. One container ship. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, I still have a very small handful of those and I love them. And they're just, again, I just feel like they really embody the spirit of our girl. Um, I don't, I really am not, I don't like a lot of stuff. Uh, it's also the Simpsons in three dimensions are, are even uglier than they are on in two dimensions. (laughs) Right. So, um, (laughs) I had a bootleg, uh, Bart piggy bank that I think my mom got from a guy selling them at a freeway off ramp. Oh my God. And its roundness was always upsetting to me. (laughs) (laughs) The roundness was, it it was just, you've never seen such a cylindrical thing. Sure. (laughs) I do know that Matt Groening, who obviously created The Simpsons, loves the bootleg stuff and has a rather robust collection of things from around the world that people have either given him or that he's collected on his own. The only piece of Simpsons merchandise that I ever had as a kid was a, just a classic 1989-1990 Bart Simpson's, you know, Radical Dude t-shirt or something. Yeah. But I bought it on a trip to visit my <laughs> to visit my stepmother's family in Northern Ireland. And oh. like that was what I brought home from Ireland. <laughs> I went 7,000 miles to Ireland, and it was like, uh, you know, suppose you'll be wanting a Simpsons t-shirt then. <laughs> like, okay, I guess, yes. That is fantastic. Yeah, I know. That I is so fu- that, that is such a funny, like, the, the, the tourist place that bootlegs their stuff. So it would be like Bart's, like, don't have a cow, man, in New Hampshire, just like awkwardly. <laughs> yes, yes. Or um, the stuff that you'd see at the card tables in Central Park where people are, you know, they can sort of fold it up really quickly and just (laughs) make a way, make a dash. Um, There's some there's been some pretty good, really fairly frightful. I've seen uh, nesting dolls of The Simpsons. Okay, which are pretty awful. Yeah. Um, Gross. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, Come on, like you've never imagined opening someone up at the waist with a zipper and climbing inside. <laughs> sure I have, but that doesn't mean these were well done. Right. I feel like those are oh, two separate things, two yeah. separate things. Jesse, have you been looking at my search history? <laughs> I thought I was it was on to Yardley's podcast. <laughs> Yardley, okay, I'm, I'm taking us away from The Simpsons because I want to go back to cooking. Yes. What's your most successful thing that you've cooked on oil and water, your cooking chef? Uh, so I, we actually, that episode just aired this past week where I made, um, it, so the premise of the show is I draw a sweet ingredient randomly, a savory ingredient randomly, and then a thing randomly. So it's a little bit like chopped, except that you don't get to choose the thing you make. You, you're actually, that's predetermined as well. Then I have to combine them all together and make the thing. So I, had, I drew pancakes as the thing. My sweet was Pop-Tarts, and my savory was um, macaroni and cheese. So I decided instead of making just a plain pancake, I would make a Dutch baby. uh, Now, hold on. First of all, you have to find a Dutch man. (laughs) (laughs) You don't, actually. Okay. It's pretty pretty good. I can get you a Dutch oven. (laughs) Thanks, Those Jordan. are good too, folks. <laughs> just folks, come, come to my house. And... <laughs> Not me. <laughs> so and so, so a Dutch baby is a is a 
it's a like a little bit like a Yorkshire pudding or a giant popover, right? So it's a pancake batter, but you bake it in the oven and it rises. It's sort of puffy. And so I combine these things and I, at the end of it, I always give a little review, like on a scale of one to whatever, would you serve this to people that you know and Wait, love? And- hold on, Yardley. I combined these. I did. Really, you I co- really skipped a lot of the key information <laughs> about this pancake, Pop-Tart, macaroni and cheese food you created. Yes. I didn't, so you didn't I- just pile them on top of each other, I presume. I did not. I actually folded all of that debris, the macaroni and cheese and the chopped up strawberry Pop-Tart, which was my choice, into the Dutch baby batter and I baked it. So just Um, not like in the – you didn't put it in the middle. You made it all of a piece. You made it – All of a piece. And uh, it was a fucking revelation. I took a bow. Wow. I said I felt like a sorcerer. It was so good. I was like – People, listen to me. So you got a little hit of the sharpness of the cheddar. The macaroni was just kind of, you know, soft and velvety. The Dutch baby was beautiful and tender. And the the strawberry Pop-Tart was a little bit like this sort of ribbon of strawberry jam. And it was it was awesome. It was so good in contrast to the Halloween episode I made last year, which I had to set on fire. Because it was so what, awful. What was what was that? So if that's your if that was your most successful, the 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 Dutch yes. baby pop tart mac and cheese. Yes. By the way, I would stand in line for a fucking hour at a food truck to get yeah. that. By the way, when you describe it, I'm like, yes. And Jordan, you would not be sad once you took a bite. You would be like, holy hell, yeah. Oh my god, I have just had two meals in one, and I just want the whole pan of Dutch baby. I want the whole thing. Damn. The Halloween one, Jordan, I actually I already watched it. It is candy corn, croissants, and the flesh of a Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Hard to come by, by the way. Yeah, in, sure. high, in high demand at this time of year, flesh yeah, of Frankenstein. Right. Hey, that's not too bad for me. I'm a wolf man, so. Oh. You know. Sure, you just go to a mash. Yeah. You get invited to the mash, and you can kill and butcher the Frankenstein yeah. at the mash. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a graveyard <laughs> nearby me. There's a smash at least yeah. once a year, you know? Uh-huh. It was not unlike that. It was We had ter- predetermined that it would be a candy apple, because that's the Halloween-y thing. Um, me and my partner in crime who edits them and shoots them with me, it's just me and Nick Smith who works with me at my company, um, Paperclip Limited. And so uh, I had, so that all of the savory ingredients had to be orange things. So pumpkin, um, squash, carrots, blah, or salmon roe, which is what I drew. Disgusting. I hate caviar. Anyway. If I'm thinking candy apple, the thing that I want to combine that with is rusty razor blade. Sure. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Silly me. It's because we're old. Ice cream well, truck passing, by the way. For our but... for the at-home listener, <laughs> just in time for the horror that is me describing a razor blade and a candy apple, the song <laughs> of the ice cream truck passed by my window. Is that so, true? Yes. So you had salmon roe. Candy apple. With, and then I had Skittles was the sweet thing I drew. So out of a bowl of Halloween candy, I drew Skittles. And so I had to figure out how to attach the salmon roe and the Skittles to the candy apple. And so I chose white chocolate. 
And oh, wow. um, so you're like, sure, whatever, fucking burn it down. Whatever. I don't know, white chocolate. I'm not Everybody even loves that garbage. <laughs> it was so disgusting. I literally wow. set it on fire. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What did it? Now was it flammable? I had to put some brandy on it. Okay. So I put so it in a bowl, and then I had so to. So this also was also soaked in brandy. Yes. Yes. Also. Yes. Wow. <laughs> hey, by the way, let's just I, you know, and it's it's a little hard to kind of you know, Yarly, you you live in L.A. right? You're yes. you're in the greater L.A. area. Yep. I think you know, not a not a. Everyone knows a little hard to mark the seasons in L.A. Yes. You know, the weather's a little samey. We don't got the leaves. We don't got the snow. But, I mean, I think we really can. It is a, it is a special time of year because we just made the first Monster Mash joke of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We this did. is our version of the leads, leaves turning. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. it. Do you think it's too early? Some people, right? Yes, I know. I know the monster mash jokes come earlier and earlier every year. Yeah. <laughs> Soon it will be Independence Day. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> we just stopped making the Labor Day jokes. <laughs> okay, look, we've got a lot more coming up with with Yardley. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. This episode of Jordan, Jesse Go, supported by the members of MaximumFun.org. We're a membership-supported organization, Jordan. Not unlike the National Geographic Society. (laughs) The members, they keep the show going. We love them for it. Uh, We're also supported this week by the good folks at Raycon. These are premium earbuds at an affordable price, Jordan. Oh, yeah. Jesse, Raycons, I use them. They're great. Uh, No matter how you're feeling about getting back out there, there's no denying it's an adjustment. Boy, I'll say, when the world gets too loud, create your own soundtrack with Raycon wireless earbuds. Jordan, do you have any glue? And I need good glue. I need glue for ceramics. The kind that, like a really powerful glue for ceramics. I don't. I'm sorry. The thing is, is I was going to buy a rival brand Mm -hmm. before I heard about Raycon. I I went out. I I, I went out and I broke my bank. Oh, boy. Sorry to hear that, Jesse. Looks like... No, I can't put it back together. I didn't need all that money to get Raycons. These are premium buds at at an affordable price. Yeah, sorry about your bank, Jesse. Just make sure you don't step on any bank shards when you're barefoot. Oh, jeez. These things start at half the price of other premium audio brands. They sound just as good. Jesse, a new hobby I have, I started running, and when you're running, a good playlist is necessary, and good wireless earbuds also very necessary. And uh, boy, howdy, do I sure love to run with these Raycons. Uh, They sound great. They're comfortable in the old ear holes. And uh, and they don't stick out. They don't stick out uh, like those other brands. Uh, They got, ooh, the tips. Ooh, these gel tips. They're so comfortable in my nasty little ear canals. Can I tell you this, Jordan? Yeah. I don't run, but I do do the dishes. Yes. And you know what's very necessary when you're doing the dishes? Hmm. The Salt and Peppa album, Very Necessary, which yes. features, among other songs, What a Man, 
and Shoop, two of my all-time favorites. You know what I used to listen to those? Yeah, that's right, my Raycons. Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. They got a 32-hour battery life, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, for a really long time time create your own soundtrack with raycon right now jordan jesse go listeners get 15 percent off their raycon order at buyraycon.com slash jj go that's buyraycon.com slash jj go to save 15 percent on raycons buyraycon.com slash jj go we're also supported this week by the good folks at magic spoon and i don't just mean jordan I don't just mean that they're supporting this show financially, although they are, and we're grateful to them for that. They're also supporting us physically, because that's what I had for my fucking breakfast, Jordan. Magic spoon, baby. Maple flavor today. Jesse, listen. If you're trying to cut down on carbs and sugar, Magic Spoon is a great option. It doesn't have, uh, you know, the junk that uh, that cereals you get at the grocery store might have. And it's not just for breakfast. If you need a little midnight snacky snack, oof, Magic Spoon does the trick. Zero grams of sugar, 140 calories, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. Let's talk flavors. Jesse, did you enjoy your maple? I loved maple. Peanut butter remains my favorite. That's the champion as far as I'm concerned. My kids love fruity, but lately they've been really into cookies and cream. There's a lot of great Magic Spoon flavors. You can go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash JJGo. Use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. And I'm the football, a.k.a. Yardley Smith. Happy to be the guest today. It's just beautiful to me, Jordan, when someone comes into our program, and I'm going to be frank, to call our show an acquired taste is (laughs) to understate the situation, (laughs) the gravity of the situation we face. But when someone comes in, and especially when it's someone who's not, look, everyone knows that our Real-life personal friend Eliza Skinner is going to bring the heat. So when she says clankety car, we know everyone. Nobody thought Eliza was going to come in there with a dud. No. You know what I mean, Jordan? It's not what she does. But it's all the sweeter when, for example, this is the classic example. Our friend, acclaimed novelist, Spy Magazine co-founder, and public radio host, Kurt Anderson came in with Explodo. And I think this is a perfect example of that latter category. You know, Yardley is uh, an award-winning 
Show Business Insider. Um, I mean, we're talking about someone who has met Herman from Herman's Head. Right. It's been inside his head. I've even yeah. kissed Herman from Herman's Head. There Whoa. You go. On the show. Remember I lost my virginity to Herman? Louise did. A pivotal episode. Pivotal. So, <laughs> Yardley, she doesn't... It's We're lucky that she's even taking the time, Jordan. <laughs> so when Agreed. she comes Agreed. in here... I agree. We are yeah. lucky. In fact... I regret asking her to take the time <laughs> in retrospect. No, no, no regrets. Mm-mm. But when she comes in here with a beautiful gift to our audience, like the football. <laughs> yeah, what, I, what's the, what's the, is, I, I, my mind went to nuclear football for uh, some reason. Uh, uh, <laughs> sure. It's a great story, actually. So please, please uh, as you know, as we've talked about, I co-host this true crime podcast called Small Tendix with identical twin detectives, Dan and Dave. And I actually Don't met... Google them, though. Do not do Google not them. Google them. Don't, please don't Google them. Don't you them. dare Google don't them. Don't do it. We'll know, and we will find yeah. you. If anything, if you're going to Google something, Google the Krat Brothers <laughs> from Wild sure. Kratz. Uh-huh. Exactly. Like Jesse said. Um <laughs> So I lots of other brothers you can Google. <laughs> Google Zaboomafu. Sure. Mothers brothers. Mm-hmm. What else? Yes, mothers. That's a good Google. You know what? Brothers. Google Albert Brooks plus Super Dave. Sure. There. That'll get you a fun surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I met Detective Dan because I was doing a Simpson event that I was actually not supposed. I wasn't supposed to go our showrunner was supposed to go and then at the very last minute he couldn't go and they came to me and said Yardley you want to go and unveil this mural in an, in a small town um which I'm not going to tell you the name of because of course we keep the anonymity of our Dan and Dave I'll just say it it was Portland <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't actually um so I but I will do pretty much anything for my show and they said oh god please it's 10 days away and somebody has to go won't you go and I said all right, all right, I'll go. And then I found out you couldn't, it was really hard to get there. There was only one flight a day at the time that was direct from Los Angeles to this town. And so I was like, that seems like a small town. So I said, what kind of security do you have? And they were like, uh, hang on, hold please. And they went away <laughs> and they came back about four days later, city council did and said, okay, we're going to assign you a plainclothes detective. And that was Dan. So... <clears throat> That was how I met Detective Dan. And then we hit it off, but both quietly because I had this, I was six years out of my second divorce, which had brought me to my knees and I was not dating and I was not looking and I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. This is, I'm fine. And Dan, who's 11 years younger than me, also was not dating, not looking, but we hit it off. And uh, so then I started to commute up to his small town for two and a half years. And um, now I'm going to marry Dan. Hey, despite his plain clothes. But despite his plain clothes. But so yeah, when plain and tall. He was my when he was my like bodyguard, uh, I was the football in his oh. wow. yes, in his phone. And when, you know, he should anything have happened, I was the football. So I love that. I'm still the football in his phone because I said you have to keep that. That's really beautiful. That is really. I just. I want to. I. I just want to be somebody's football. I want to be some volleyball. Uh, 
croquet mallet. I'll be whatever. <laughs> Jordan and I met in college when I was a sophomore and he was a freshman. And he is still in my phone as Curly Babe. Sure. <laughs> is that true? Or- 420 friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Yardley, uh, we have something really important to take care of. I mean, obviously, everything we've done on the show so far has been very important. But this is probably even more important. Uh, We've uh, fortunately or unfortunately allowed our producer, Brian, to use his microphone this week. Brian, Sunny D. Fernandez, how are you, friend? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Always always glad to get to talk to you yeah. uh, here on the show. Always glad to be here. So we found ourselves wondering on the program recently whether more of our listeners were m- men, women, and non-binary people of the cloth. Uh, and the way we defined that, Yardley, was... We said they they had to be sincere religious leaders of a group of people. Um, you couldn't just it couldn't just be somebody who uh, got their minister license to conduct a wedding. Right, right, okay. Or somebody who made up a religion in their head and made themselves pope of it. Copy. Because <laughs> that's at least seventy percent of our audience is the pope thing. <laughs> Plus, a few have probably a lot done of popes, weddings. a lot of false popes out there. If you're listening and you're a false pope, <laughs> faux pope, yeah, if you're a faux pope, <laughs> no faux popes, get out of here, folks. Yeah, popes. We did have a faux pope right in, but okay, uh, I'm not counting him. Great, um, pope, I guess, p e a u x. Yeah, because <laughs> I've met some, I have met some religious leaders who are Jordan Jesse Go listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's awesome. In, and yeah. I'm like, I don't, we made it clear we're accepting Unitarians. So I'm <laughs> expecting primarily Unitarians. Although I don't know what kind of leaders they have in the Baha'i faith. Mm-hmm. Probably a few Baha'is. My dream is a Zoroastrian, but I'm yeah. not going to, you know, not going to yeah. put any money on it. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, so, yeah, so we, we, we were wondering if, the, if we have more listeners who are faith leaders or principals or vice principals yeah um, of schools of schools yeah. yes okay what's the um how do you not like design firm sure yeah. <laughs> how, how are you connecting the dots between faith leaders and principals or vice principals although they are all i would say leaders but mm-hmm. that is an that's a, a a unique little grouping tell me about that yeah, uh, and Jesse, I maybe I'm, and let me know if I'm getting this wrong, but I'll speak for both of us and say we don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> Do <I> mean, not <laughs> remember, Yardley. Um, I'm not going to tell you that there wasn't a reason because I don't remember that either. Okay, how long ago was to... this? Like last week? <laughs> oh, like two weeks? Yeah, <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. very recently. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jesse and I, I would... both do a lot of whippets. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, like, the short-term shit just leaves. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, we asked our listeners, first of all, if they were in one of those groups to give us a call or send us an email. We also then, to give it some content, <laughs> some slight reason to exist, we asked what the worst or craziest thing someone in their f- respective flocks had right. done. Oh, cool. 
either what had gotten them sent to the principal or what had scandalized their church or Zoroaster tribute house. Okay. I don't know enough about Zoroastrianism to say where they gather. Nor do I. But I'm going to say, you know, they got to get together somehow. And it's probably in some kind of tribute house, which is what religious scholars call the, the uh, you know, the tabernacle, the, the chapel, the synagogue. Uh, so those are called uh, tribute houses. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we before we hear the uh, before we hear the results, do we all just want to do a little round the table guess as to what we have more of? Yeah, thanks, Jordan. What, what's your thinking on this? Um, I'll, I'll, I can go first. I think we have more faith leaders and then, but more vice principals than principals. Well, there's two vice principals and one principal, right? I mean, I think it's just it's to me, it's more of a demographic thing is i think we have a lot of betas listening (laughs) i think we don't think we have people who are going to shoot for principal they're like i'm fine with vice yeah (laughs) yeah but that's my guess my guess is more faith leaders and more vice principals often vice principals are in charge of uh delivering punishment as well so it may be that we also have more sadists in our audience could be could be uh jesse do you have a guess my feeling is that between principles, I'm talking real king, queen shit, top level principles <laughs> and faith leaders, that we're going to have more faith leaders. But once we branch down into vice principles, because of, I mean, among other things, I don't know if you guys have been following the education business, but because of vice principal inflation, uh, where more and more people are being given the vice principal title for less and mm. less significant things. Uh, you know, there's a school near my house, Aldama Elementary School. Uh, there's a vice principal in charge of mowing. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. But it's a union thing. So you can't, there's nothing you can do about sure. it. Sure. They're grandfathered in. Yeah. <laughs> now, Yardley. Um, <laughs> My grandfather was a vice principal. My father was a vice principal. <laughs> and never a principal shall I be, is what they say when they get right. offered the promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, Yardley, you've, you know a lot about this show. I mean, I know you, you're a listener. You've listened to every episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, and you've, you know, you've been talking with the dipshit hosts of it for 75 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> What's your feeling about what kind of person would make the mistake of listening to this program? Uh, wh- Specifically with regard to, do you think they're more likely to be a vice oh. principal, principal? Sure, sure. I, well, first of all, I there was never a vice principal at any of the schools I went to. That just seems like a luxury. That Very <laughs> Where are you Very going to school? Where are, you, where are you going to school? Little tiny town? What are you, going to Portland? I, I grew up in Washington, D.C., Okay. Our nation's capital. I did. Um, Long may she reign. My father was a journalist <laughs> for the Washington Post there. Um, mm. But yeah, I feel well, like... Well, my father was deep throat, so... <laughs> <laughs> I... We... No, vice principal seems like that you have a, a bigger budget than any school I've ever heard of these days. Um, yeah. I've, and, and therefore, however, if you have a vice principal that maybe the principal would say to the vice principal, I don't have time to answer these questions. You do it. 
Right. That there's a kind of, this is below my pay grade. VP, it's, this is your job as sort of public relations outreach. Um, mm-hmm. Faith leaders, depending on your congregation and your denomination, depending on how sort of strict you are, I bet you get a, I'm going to go with you have more faith leaders writing in because, because that category seems much broader than vice principal. I feel like the description of vice principal is sort of five things. Faith leader could be 20 things. Yeah. I think the tipping point was when we allowed first Unitarians and then atheists who have an, who are the boss of an organized atheist thing. I think my first wedding was in a Unitarian church. I think I didn't grow up with religion. Beautiful. So I, I, you know, we didn't, I actually, but I do remember my grandmother insisted that my brother and I have an older brother be uh, baptized. And so we As went Unitarians? to the big, no, no, <laughs> she wasn't Unitarian, she Protestant. And so we, I wanted, I was like, well, then I guess I should get married in the big Protestant church in Washington, D.C. And they're like, oh, no, mm-mm, no, no, you can't just walk <laughs> in here unless you want to give a big fat donation. Then you can walk in here and do whatever you want. But you are not getting married. <laughs> You're going to have to get married in the National Portrait Gallery. Exactly. You can't just walk in here having never attended and expect to be married here. So I was like, okay. Brian, um, yeah, how did th- how did things turn out there on the uh, on the email? How was the response? Well, we got a a, a decent response. Um, do you want to hear some of the the little anecdotes that people sent in before we get to the numbers, or do you want to do the numbers? Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to present this, Brian. Personally, yeah. I think that's great. Let's hear let's hear a couple a, a couple of a couple of your favorites. Okay. Yeah. We well, we had some. We had a Baptist minister who addressed us as uh, Jordan Jesse and the Holy Go. Which I thought yeah, was fun. That's fun. Yes. Yep. Um, the, tr- the Trinity. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to use the one in the same. Right. Yes. Um, praise, his, praise his name. Mm-hmm. One uh, Jewish rabbi did a nice translation of our former slogan: "Hard as a rock, wet as a river," oh. um, which was very nice into, into Hebrew. Hebrew. In Hebrew. Yeah. Why is that a former slogan? Chaim. We just uh-huh. we just kind of change it out every year, but yeah. it's I think "Hard as a rock, wet as a river" has has. It's, it's definitely, it's it's stuck with us in ways that other slogans have not. So yeah, yeah. Um, this year this year is get dressed every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fair. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, someone tried to claim both. Maybe they're a little bit of both because their mom is a Methodist minister and their dad is a dean of students somewhere. Wow. So that's interesting. But it is matrilineal. So yeah, I didn't <laughs> count him. Yeah. I didn't count him. Uh, and then. Um, the best anecdote came from a um, a bishop uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. A uh, bishop, wow. no, nice. bishop, nice. bishop. This was any nice... rooks, any knights in yeah. there, pawns. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. bishop. Do you yeah. have a sense of? Do you have a sense of in the LDS Church how high up a bishop goes? That's because I high. know, like, I I grew up Episcopalian. In the Episcopalian Church, our bishop, Bishop Swing, shout out to the first gay bishop in the Episcopalian Church, Bishop Swing. Bishop Swing, that guy had a lot of flocks under his wings, baby. That guy was flapping all over town. 
It was a big shot. I think the bishops, in at least according to um, the the Church of Jesus Christ org, is they're the local lead. They're like the ward. They're over a ward, which I think the ward may have a couple different. Mm. Um, Does it say anything? In. They got any good vestments? I did. Uh, it doesn't look like I can't tell about the vestments. Swish swish Sorry. bishop. Is that something? <laughs> Seems <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Swish bishop. I don't know. Yeah. Swish swish bish. Bish. Oh. Swishup, uh, swishup, bishop. Anyway, yeah, we'll work on it. Yeah. Um, okay, so this buff that up for later. This Ryan, remind us to buff that up. Yeah, we'll buff it up. <laughs> we'll work on yeah, that. I'm not gonna work. I'm not gonna work on it later. Swish. Okay. Swish. I gotta bish. go ahead and buff it up. I gotta go bowling anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, okay. So this uh, bishop said, uh, "We once had a potluck dinner, and a guy brought a crock pot of chili packed in a suitcase for some reason. Some of the chili had spilled out into the suitcase." Wait, pause, <laughs> yeah. pause, Brian. Yeah. Already, yep. this is the greatest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Wow. How do you go to the Can you imagine pot? somebody shows up like on a television show with two two brief with two <laughs> pieces of luggage in their hands, you know, like a tired tourist kind of thing. <laughs> Like maybe it's Walter Matthau in a movie from 1974, and he goes, "Oh my luggage!" That was a, that, by the way, was that was Sylvester Stallone. Um, but like somebody shows up and just throws a brief, throws a suitcase down on the table, clack clack, opens the latches, open opens it up, and there's a crock pot of chili in there. That's insane. <laughs> Wow. I, I can't even imagine how you fit a crock pot in a suitcase. That's what I was uh, thinking. Big suitcase. I mean, yeah, in Yardley, a backpack, you, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yardley, is this maybe a future episode of your cooking show? Suitcase <laughs> chili? <laughs> yes, we should. I should do like a, a whole run of good and bad ways to transport the food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I bring, if I'm going to a party with a crock pot, I'm bringing it in a Moby wrap. You know what I mean? One of those stretchy it. cotton things yeah. for babies. <laughs> That's good. I got to keep that chili close to my bosom. Just food yeah. baby. Yeah. I heard about a food baby. Yeah. Food anyway, baby. So is there more to this? Brian? Yeah, there's more. There's okay. more. So I can't, I can't believe it. We're so lucky. There's more. <laughs> On the way to bringing the chili, some of the chili had spilled out into the suitcase in transit. Instead of throwing out the spilled chili, I saw him pour the spilled chili from the suitcase back into the crock pot and put it out on on the table to share. We had to secretly spirit away his chili. Indeed. Of course you had to. Eat the chili. No, you eat the suitcase chili. Yeah, wait. Jesus will protect you if he's really that into it. Ask the Lord for protection. Yeah. From the tainted chili. What's weird is some of the people at the party were more mad that there was beans in the chili right it's a regional thing (laughs) then they were about the suitcase chili they're like corn and chili (laughs) i'm we've all had suitcase chili a few times but (laughs) corn that's beyond the pale where are you from um what what, what else we got fun story wise um someone said twice during my sermon a woman randomly yelled out shut up at me. Oh. <laughs> Shut up. <Can't> <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Free <I> bird. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say, I'm not entirely sure why she did this, but it was pretty funny. The woman seemed fine after I was pr- finished preaching, and then all of our church members that were at the service couldn't wait to rib me for it and tell their friends and family that the old lady finally said what we've been thinking for so long. Wow. <laughs> what a good attitude. God. Sounds like something that would happen on The Simpsons to Reverend Lovejoy. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Heck yeah. So real. Jordan and I did a show one time at a public library where part of the stipulation of doing the show was that there's no closing the doors. So just like the library is a resource for everyone in the community, the show was a resource for everyone in the community. So we had a a seating area full of people who were there to see Jordan Jesse go and then just library patrons wandering through. I'm sure being very upset. <laughs> because you were being too loud? That I mean You've heard our show. It's not for everyone, <laughs> or even sure. most. Yeah, we had people bringing their kids because they thought we were just going to read Green Eggs and Ham. Oh, yeah, fair. Uh oh. I could see one of them telling us to shut up. Shut yeah. up. Or what if we were on? You remember when we did that show on a battleship? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should go back to that battleship. By the I'd way, love sometime. to go back to but the battleship. That'd be when great. we did that show on the battleship, you know, just imagine being a a battleship grandpa who's just there to look at, you know, cranks turrets. or turrets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he really wants yeah. to check out the rivets this time. Mm-hmm. Count rivets. Yeah. He's weird there talking about Wario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did like Herman's head, though. A lot of people yeah. sell him yeah, short. A lot of Herman's head movies. fans. A lot of people are begging for that reboot. Yeah. Sure. Oh, our guest on that Battleship show was uh, Dana Gould. Another yeah. Simpsons oh, connection Gould. there. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Long time Simpsons, Simpsons writer, producer, Dana Gould. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, and a Battleship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the USS Freedom. <laughs> um Brian, are there? Uh, is it time to? Is it time yeah. to reveal the final numbers? Yeah. Wait, did we have any other? Was there any that other was, worthwhile anecdotes? What didn't? It, what? What didn't? Some child accidentally shoot an arrow through another child's hand or something. <laughs> it's a funny go. It's a funny go-to for. <laughs> no. Oh, there was one very long anecdote from an associate dean in Canada. One of their students had gone to Quebec. Um, because I guess it's easier to drink up in Quebec, and they, uh, the a pair of them had gone, and uh, w- one th- they started doing cocaine or something, and one of the <laughs> one of them had left and come back and left the other one up there with no cell phone, and his just job- left them in Quebec. Yeah, yeah, and his job was to like they don't speak sit, French, they're fucked. Like call yeah. all the authorities while the other one like sit with the other one while they like. You know, track, did they at least leave down. him some seal pelts? <laughs> no, no seal pelts at all. Blubber to chew on. Wow. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on in Quebec. They got these little, they got these little bagels. I know that. A lot of the uh, one principal said they have got no fun stories because they don't want to risk a FERPA violation, um, right. which is uh, some educational right. uh, yeah. thing. I don't know. A rule that you can't yeah. talk about that stuff. That's like if you ask a guy in sports sunglasses to get vaccinated. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that's a, Jesse, that's a FUPA violation. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear those final numbers. Yeah. Oh, one more. Uh, one Episcopal oh, yeah. priest was ordained in Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. That's all. He just oh, wanted to shout that out because, um, you know. Shout out to Grace Cathedral in San Francisco. It's a spectacular place. You know who, you know who spent a lot of time there, Brian? Uh, Bishop Swing, baby. There you go. I <laughs> ran that joint. That's right. Swish. Grace Cathedral in, in San Francisco is the legendary place where uh, Desmond Tutu complimented my dancing. Wow. That's wow. cool. Beautiful. That's mm-hmm. big. 
Wow. Yeah. There's a plaque there. There's a plaque. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so in terms of numbers, uh, the the clergy blew the principals and vice principals and the deans away. They wow. Were amazing. Thir- Fucking amazing. 13 real clergy and one faux pope that made up his own thing. Um, <laughs> un- he was a Unitarian Universalist ish is what he said um and so but there were four four once we should explain that was benjamin franklin <laughs> yeah that's right talked a lot about turkeys uh, uh one school director one assistant principal one dean and one associate dean so we had four um principal in the in the school category interestingly then, the dean was dean kane <laughs> you wouldn't expect yeah. that this would right. be his thing but he was well into it um and then as far Too as clergy cucks. goes the breakdown on clergy were there were three Episcopalian priests, um, two Jewish rabbis, uh, a Mennonite, a Lutheran, a Methodist, a Baptist, uh, one Church of Christ pastor. One did, are they all walking into a bar? Yeah, all of them. <laughs> the whole crew. Yeah, <laughs> the bartender says <laughs> our our Latter Day Saints bishop. One and then, was a horse. <laughs> yeah, one long face. One Quaker who said that in Qua- in the Quaker religion, I didn't know this. There are no clergy in the Quaker religion, so everyone's considered a clergy. So he counted himself. Um, you know what you do? You go and sit th- in a circle until someone is moved to speak. Yeah. yeah. It's right. the old Quaker technicality. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yeah, thir- thirteen of them. Thirteen to four was our final. Thirteen uh, and one to four was our. This was our is final extraordinary, count. amazing, I, amazing. Look, I knew that God was with us. We've been doing this show a long sure, time, yeah, and I knew He yeah. was the wind beneath our wing. Yep. But this is genuine proof. Do you think that principals check out this show? <laughs> They know that we're bad kids who've wasted our potential. Right. <laughs> and then they check out. Do you think that's what's happening? I think, yeah, I think that's, that's what's so upsetting to an educator. I mean, I would imagine, Jordan, that you disappointed a lot of uh, uh, school administrators in your time. I know that I, I left a trail of disappointment behind me uh, in my school career. I did too, apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Your I was life. never living up to my potential. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 subject could you not bring yourself to do well in, even though maybe you could have? Uh, I wasn't like that. I really didn't do well in math and science. I did very well in English and the humanities, although mm-hmm. I wasn't particularly good at history except for the memorization part of it. Uh, but I was really good at spelling, really good at grammar. Um, I liked to write, but... When I took my SATs, my math score was so low. They're like, "Can she count? Is she all right? What's happening?" Just do a little counting for us so we can make sure. Your mother got a letter that said, "Yeah, just run one to twenty real quick." Just real quick, (laughs) and then each day go a little higher. (laughs) How were you with a bow and arrow? Um, Actually, went to camp. I was always sent to camp because I was there was no world where I was going to be allowed to just sit around in the summer. So mm-hmm. I went to a camp that had archery and I was not terrible at it. So no hand injuries. No hand injuries. <laughs> no, no hand injuries if you mean was I dumb enough to be at the target when somebody else was shooting and I got <laughs> into the target. The answer would be no. Let me ask you this, Yardley. <laughs> Given the success of the television show The Simpsons, and to a lesser extent, but not insignificant 
extent the success of the sitcom Herman's Head, mm-hmm. given the lifestyle that that success has afforded you, mm-hmm. and given your obvious facility with the bow and arrow, have you ever thought about Gina Davising this thing? Just drop out and see if you can make the Olympics. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> well, I'm just offering it to you Thank as a you. path. I, if I'm, you'd like. I do, I'm always open to fresh ideas, and that one is super fresh. Yeah, it's, it's very fresh. fresh. I'm Gina Davising, but in the sense that I'm starring in the reboot of A League of Their Own. Oh. <laughs> now, like it has it. not been a popular <laughs> casting choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think no. I'm going to surprise a lot of people. They're I'd like to star in the reboot it. of Thelma and Louise. Yeah. For, you know, for the middle-aged. Yep. Why the yeah. fuck not? Come on. <laughs> I'd like to be in Cutthroat yeah. Island. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've all got a little Gina Davis inside us. <laughs> you know, Gina Davis, uh, Gina Davis originally, she, she, one of the things besides archery that she did when she uh, left show business for a little while was she, she endowed a center originally, I think, at USC, now at Mount St. Mary's that studies gender inequity in show business. They've had some really big, like, done some really big breakthrough work that's gotten a lot of attention. I think she just and won a huge award for that work, actually, in the last yeah. year. She came in to do Bullseye one time. She's, like, one of the most formidable human beings I've I ever bet. met. It's like if you met Angela Merkel or something. Right. <laughs> or Desmond Tutu. <laughs> like, she just, com- she just comes in and just, like, locks you in. Hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. pretty remarkable. I think you could do that, Yardley. Let's oh, make it happen. Yeah. Let's get you... First, you're going to have to arch your way. You know what, Jordan? Huh. Gina Davis already did archery. Let's let's get Donna to teach Yardley how to modern pentathlon. Oh, sure. Yeah. We have a we have a, an Olympian listener who could uh, teach you how to run... Is that uh, five run... disciplines you have to learn pentathlon? Yeah, it you're is. talking about running. You're oh. talking about swimming. Fuck me. You're talking about shooting a <laughs> rifle. God. You're talking about fencing and, of course, riding a horse you've never met before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. At least four things I really, really dislike. No. So there. Well, we'll see. One of them being what? horseback riding. Yeah. You love rifle shooting. Yeah. I'm actually a pretty you're good shot. You're always up on the roof taking aim. That's me. I'm a pretty good shot, actually. Uh, have you shot it? Have the you weekend, shot Find before? me at the book yeah. depository. Yes. <laughs> 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 you're in Dallas. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Um, well, yeah. Why don't we, since we're, yeah. since we're now God's favorite podcast, do you want to go to a break with a little call and response? Uh, <laughs> to God? Yeah, well, I mean, just maybe I'll... God, you know, are you there? And all it's, gods... It's and me, all... Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. <laughs> they just made a movie of that book. Oh. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. James L. Brooks is the executive oh. producer of Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Oh, beautiful. You know, he worked on The Simpsons. He still works on The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, the other guy worked <laughs> on this The day. Simpsons. Yeah. James L. Brooks. Okay, look, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm 
Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, <laughs> addiction to TV, and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. A man goes to the doctor and says that he's depressed and that life seems cruel. The doctor says, ah, the treatment is simple. The great clown Pagliacci is in town tonight. Go and see him and you will surely feel better. The man bursts into tears and says, But doctor, I am Pagliacci. Ah, okay, says the doctor. In which case, try listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Yardley Smith, also sometimes known as Clarice. <laughs> Clarice? Mm-hmm. Clarice, please explain it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, last time I was the football, thanks right. to Detective Dan, Clarice comes to me from Detective Dave, who I think because we do a true crime podcast... Uh, thinks it's funny to call me Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> and it so amuses me that um, I'm very happy to share that with you today. Yeah, no, take that and run with it. <laughs> he also calls me Yarbles. Um, <laughs> and no, I want to be called Yarbles. <laughs> yeah. I'm I was super Yarbles. jealous about this Yarbles thing. Listen, I, I, Yarbles. I think there's actually almost nobody in my life who calls me Yardley. My what Hank else, Azaria yeah, calls me Yardle. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. Another nickname is Squirrel, as in Squirrely Girl. Okay, uh, sure. There's like an infinite number of things you can do with Yardley. Also, when I was a kid, it was Yard Dog, Yard Weed, Yard Stick, Meterly, Inchly, Footly, when we were trying to go met- metric back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so... Anyhow, now thanks to Boris Johnson, think America will ever get there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Yardley, what a what an honor it has been to have you uh, classing up our program a, a little bit. Um, uh, Yardley's show, Small Town Dicks, is really fascinating. Uh, interviews with real detectives about their most fascinating and memorable cases. Not always horrifically grisly, but sometimes, <laughs> often, um, uh, it is a joy of a program. You can you can watch Yardley make Dutch babies uh, with the nearest Dutchman uh, on Oil and Water on Instagram and YouTube, uh, and um, Herman's Heads reunion is coming to Paramount Plus. Jesse, uh, you have to stop tw- that. In 2022, I have to knock that off. it's coming to Quibi. It's I am IMDb TV. <laughs> yeah, we sold a few quick bites of the Herman's Head reunion. 
uh, to Jeffrey Katzenberg or whatever. Perfect. Um, Yardley, what an, what an honor and a joy it's been to have you on the program. Thank you so much for uh, wasting your time with us. Yeah, thank you. What a thrill. <laughs> this was the best waste of time I've had all day. Uh, I'll take it I will take it you guys are awesome Jordan Jesse Go produced by Brian Sunny D Fernandez our theme music Love You by The Free Design courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records our thanks to them you can find us on Twitter at Jesse Thorne at Jordan underscore Morris you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com or Marbles.Reddit.com Jordan wow yeah, we made it in there. Or bozskags.reddit.com. Whichever <laughs> one of those of top three you to... prefer. Depends on what kind of shuffling you're doing. I feel like Reddit is not for the faint of heart. Well, look, our Reddit is for the faintest of hearts. <laughs> yeah. Our Reddit There's is just a, a bunch of little in, puddin' pops. In general, you're correct, Yardley. In yeah. general, that is a that is a very fair statement. But, yeah. um, you know, we hang out on r slash max fun r slash marbles r slash bots gags you're having a good time nobody's doxing you we it. do have a we do have a before you can join r slash max fun uh we do have just a simple two question quiz which is are you dot 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 and the choices are uh alpha or beta and you do have to choose beta you must choose beta <laughs> you have to uh, choose beta you have to choose beta no alphas yeah, yeah. We're no, chads. <laughs> no chads or Stacy's. Hilarious. No, no sports sunglasses. <laughs> um, if you have uh, quality concerns about the program, tweet them at JD Power on Twitter. Hashtag your tweets, hashtag JJGo, uh, and we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.